Episode 230. Bonus Edition, Interview with Lori Poole. I'm Dr. Molly Ness, host of the End Book Deserts podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. y'all, this is Gretchen from Always a Lesson, here to empower you to reach your potential. And in fact, I call you elite because only an elite educator would take the time out of their crazy busy lives to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this one so that they could hone their craft. And today we're going to do that, but it's a very special day. We're going to do it with a guest appearance. So I want to help you reignite that passion and that potential by learning from another elite educator named Lori Poole. She's got quite an empowering message, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about her. So Lori is a former educator and literacy coach in the Title I schools for 20 years now. She's got a passion for growing both students and teachers. She currently serves as a district literacy specialist, college instructor, and staff developer. She's the proud mother of two struggling readers. And while her children are almost grown, she often thinks back to their experiences as students in a world of reading instruction, which didn't always meet their needs. She believes her children, and really all children, deserve expert reading teachers. She has a mission to help teachers transform into expert reading teachers, allowing them to not only provide the best practices of balanced literacy, but diagnose readers and make the instructional decisions needed to treat them. She believes all students and teachers can grow one level at a time. And we talk about just that in this episode. Let's dive in. Well, hey, Lori, welcome to the Empowering Educators podcast. Well, hello. I'm so excited to share literacy and leadership with everybody today. Normally, I ask guests to kind of run through how our paths crossed, and you can feel free to add to the story, but I'll start since I kind of hunted you down, (laughs) but I saw you on social, actually Instagram, which I'm loving right now, by the way, and I was trying to find some other leaders who weren't quite admin, closer to leading teachers each and every day, being in classrooms, having those conversations, because I think I have a lot to still grow and learn in that area, and your profile popped up, and so I started looking around, and you're really active on stories, which I'm falling in love with now because it's just like the personal behind the scenes stuff. And you really get to know somebody. And I just fell in love with everything you were doing. I think at the time you were on a trip with your husband and I was like, oh, where are they going to go next? And what funny stuff's going to happen? And I just was totally into it. So I reached out to you and you were so kind to say yes. And so here we are. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I, I, with all of the teachers that I work with, Gretchen, I always remind them, 
you can learn so much from social media, like following the right people. I mean, that's truly PD in your pajamas. Yes. So that makes me so excited that you were able to find me. And yes, we do love traveling. Um, my husband is an educator. He's a welding instructor oh. at a high school in addition to being a farmer. Um, and so we do like to go on some getaways. So yeah, that's, that's great that you were with the, with us on the trip. (laughs) Absolutely. And just like you were saying, I constantly preach Twitter's kind of my place I go to for PD. Um, and I say, you know, it doesn't have to be this formal dialogue with somebody. You can just watch what they're saying, and then you can reach out through DMs and ask questions. And teachers are givers. We want to help each other. So, you know, never feel like, oh, that person would never respond or they don't know me. You know, you didn't know me and you were kind to respond. So just trust that the educator heart will um, be there for you and whatever support you need. That's right. That's so true. Well, speaking of that, so tell us, what is your current position right now in education? Oh my goodness. So, you know, Gretchen, I've been in the classroom. So I've served as a fourth grade teacher, kindergarten teacher, which kindergarten teachers out there, you're my favorite. (laughs) Um, uh, First grade teacher. And then I've served as a literacy coach for five years and learned so much being a literacy coach. Um, I think I heard you say on a podcast earlier that you've learned, you learned so much as a coach Yes. Um, because like we're just constantly learning. And as a coach, you want to learn, 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 and then share that with the teachers. Um, so yeah, I served as a coach for five years and now I serve as uh, my district's literacy specialist. And so what that really means is now I get to be a coach to all of our literacy coaches. I still get to work with students and I still get to work with teachers, but I work with our coaches side by side. Um, and then in addition to that, I teach several adjunct classes, uh, you know, teaching teachers. I can't think of a more magical job. I just love it. Um, and then in addition to that, if that isn't enough, I do some uh, consulting work. And right now I'm doing a lot of um, custom designed courses for schools. Um, so, yeah, I just work with teachers. That's what I do. <laughs> That's amazing. All the different avenues in which you are helping students indirectly. I know one of my fears yes. when I moved to a coaching role is now I'm removed. Now I'm not with the people I love the most, the students. But what I realized is I can help even more kids by helping yes. and working directly with the, the teachers. And now at the district level, when I was doing K-12 with new teachers, just like you're doing just literacy, you're able to impact. I mean, so you're talking to coaches who then have their teachers, who then have their students, and it's just a bigger way to give back. And so if you really love kids and really love teachers, that's an amazing opportunity. Yes. And I have like just working with teachers in that adjunct setting, teaching teachers uh, in graduate school, that has been amazing. Just seeing them take back the knowledge and work with their students and being their cheerleaders. I think that's so important, just being a cheerleader for a teacher. So and I find lots of passion and satisfaction in being in that role. Well, you're right, because a lot of the feedback teachers get are things to fix, right? Or maybe yes. it's some generic praise. But to have a coach who's really not evaluating you to just be your support system and roll up their sleeves and help you figure things out, I can't imagine how empowering that is to them and, and how it really encourages them 
to take risks, try new things, because they know you're their safe place. Yes, yes, yes. I always want to be their safe place. I never want to be their evaluator. I am their partner. I'm their thinking partner. I'm their coach. I'm their cheerleader. I love it. Now, we were talking a little bit about lessons learned and how when you can actually get out of the classroom, it frees you up to to learn even more. What would you say either in the classroom or in these leadership roles has really been the best lesson you have learned? You know, earlier this year, um, you know, our teachers are going through so much right now. And Gretchen, I have carried this burden for teachers this year um, just because when I talk with them and I ask them, how's it going, the responses that I get. And sometimes I don't even know what to say next. Sometimes they get emotional. And so a lesson that I learned early this year, and I would love, you know, to share this with other leaders, um, that are out working with teachers is I had a teacher who, um, she, we're pretty close, um, because she, not only did I coach her in the classroom as her literacy coach, but she also went through my graduate course. And one day I just said, you know, how's it going? And she just become very emotional. And, and the response that she gave me is one that I will never forget. And she said, and I always want to get emotional telling the story. She said, um, Lori, you know, I just want you to know that I appreciate how you are always positive and you're always solution oriented and you're always trying to lift us up. But, and Gretchen, this is a huge Mm. one. She said, but sometimes I just need for you to tell me that this really is bad and that it really is hard, and then it really is tough, and Mm -hmm. that you hate this situation as much as I hate it. And I just, you know, I just, again, like, I feel emotional because I didn't really know how to respond. So the biggest lesson that I've learned right now is they need us to just listen. They don't always need a solution. They don't always expect us to have a solution. They need us to listen, and honestly, right now, help them and counsel them and just talk with them and be there for them. So that's truly a lesson that I have learned in this very moment. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is transparency. They want the acknowledgement that this is not normal, that this is very difficult and that it should feel hard. And when Mm -hmm. you give them that acknowledgement, it's almost giving them permission to accept this as what it is. But, you know, it sounds like they were saying, you know, when you're so positive, it makes me feel like maybe it isn't hard and something's wrong with me, you know? And so to have you say, (laughs) that's exactly what she said in the remaining parts of the conversation. She said, when everyone around me, when admin or coaches, when they are telling us that we can do this all and that it's possible. And when I can't, then I feel like a failure and I feel like something's wrong with me. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yes. And I think this is a good lesson, not just in leadership, but in people. I mean, we're in the people business, whether it's students or it's teachers, mm-hmm. to really see them for who they are and say, yes, if I am, was in this situation, it would be hard for me to. And let's hear are some suggestions. So it's not that you can't give the solutions, but first right. acknowledge the, the reality. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I know you get to work with lots of different teachers being that you get to focus on a specific subject. And then obviously you're working through coaches too. What would you say 
makes ed- an educator great? Like what characteristics stand out to you? And like, wow, that's a great teacher. I think this is a really um, easy question because it's one that I talk with teachers about a lot. The best teacher is always the best student. And what I mean by that is it's exactly what we expect of students and what we want for students. We want to teach them and we want them to try something that's hard. And when they try something that's hard, gosh, this goes back to our first question of when they try something hard and they fail, as a teacher, we want to keep encouraging them. Try it again. Try this. And so I think for teachers, it's doing something hard, which let's just be honest, that's every single day. And sometimes failing and being okay to take a step back and try it again. I think that's really that resilience. That's what makes a great teacher. Mm. Yeah. And I'm thinking about my own journey of, and I, and I, you might agree with me. I think it's important you, you teach different grade levels, teach different subject areas, teach at different schools. You learn so much about what is education and what makes teachers great by mixing it up and and trying new challenges. Otherwise, you just become this robot who only teaches one content the same way every year. You know what your leader likes. You know what your school does. And you never really challenge yourself. And so when I hear you say that resiliency is when you put yourself in new situations, it forces you to become the newbie again, to open yourself up to learning, to trying new things, to getting feedback, to tweaking until you can get it just right. And that becomes part of you as a learner. And when it's part of your everyday thing, you no longer look at a challenge as a big, steep mountain because each and every day, they're just hills you learn to climb. And then you get to the bottom and you see another hill and you climb. But if you never put yourself in the situation to try something new, then you're always going to look at that as a tall mountain you can never cross. And I don't want educators to ever get stuck playing it safe. That's right. That's right. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to work um, in a small group with Cornelius Minor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the author of We've, We've Got This. And he named um, those mistakes and those failures as spectacular failures. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's learning. Spectacular failures. That shows that we are learning. We're trying. And this failure was hard and it wasn't easy. And um, it was, you know, pretty difficult to think through, but it was spectacular. And so I think that's what makes a great teacher. You know what? Work, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. And I'm. it's got my wheels turning now. I'm thinking, I wonder if we did some mindset work, uh, all of us as educators, around this idea of why do some mistakes or some obstacles hold so much emotional value where others don't? For example, when we're running and we trip, we just keep going. But what if it was something like, you tried a new technology in your lesson and it went horrible and then you go home crying. Like, why are we attaching so much value to that one mistake, but not to just tripping when we're running? And if we can learn to add some equilibrium here to any mistake has this value, which is very low because the reward is so much higher. I wonder if we'd have more teachers willing to step out and try something new. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they, too, can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. 
Colleen Cruz has a new book out. It's on my to-be-read to be list, hopefully over Christmas break. Um, the title's Risk, Fail, Rise, A Teacher's Guide to Learning from Mistakes. Oh, I so, like this. Yeah, so I'm going to check that out. Maybe you might want to read that, too. We can chat about it. Yeah, let's do that. That's awesome. Yeah, because I think... I could really help some teachers work through this. This is not a unique problem to teaching during COVID. I think this is just teaching ever. Whenever anything comes up and you just feel not enough, that it's a hiccup. It's not this like insurmountable thing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the mm-hmm. recommendation. I like that. As we're kind of talking through these challenges that teachers are having, I want you to speak to a very specific group that's listening today. And we have a, a bunch of folks that listen in terms of new teachers, teachers transitioning their roles, or maybe in distress like right now during the pandemic. And then we've got teacher leaders like you and I. So if you could pick one of them to speak directly to, give them a piece of advice, who would you pick and what would you say? Well, it's hard to narrow down who exactly I want to share this advice with. So I'm going to say it's for teachers, but I think it's for teacher leaders as well. Okay. And so, you know, my philosophy, I, you know, I represent level up literacy and my philosophy is that we're always working to level up. But in that, I don't mean doing it all at one time. So my advice would be as a teacher, take a step back reflect, accept where you are, accept what's going really well, and accept the places that feel a little tricky and a little challenging, and then work to level up. What's one thing that you could try? Mm. What's one thing that you want to add to your instructional practices that you want to implement and try that out? And when that goes really well, pick up something new. But take those small steps to level up. And so, you know, I said how this kind of goes for teacher leaders as well. It really does. Because as a teacher leader, I have to always remember, although I might think there are many areas that a particular teacher could work on, it's just like working with students. I'm not going to come in and say, okay, let's work on everything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, let's let's pick one. At first, I'm going to help you and you're going to compliment yourself for all that's going well. And then we're going to pick one goal, one very small goal and work towards that. You know, I was working with an educator. uh, She's actually a fourth grade teacher and she loved, loved learning, loved attending conferences and webinars. But the one drawback would be that she would be so inspired that on Monday morning, she would be like, Lori, let me tell you all the things I'm going to try today. And after coaching her for a while, I learned to coach her in helping her pull back. Oh, I would say, okay, all of this sounds wonderful, but I want you to name the one piece that you want to try first. Because what happens, and this is true for life as well, what happens is when we want to start everything new and we start to fail, then we lose momentum altogether. Mm. So pulling ourselves back and just trying to level up in one small way. And then when you've mastered that, you can grab something new, but you can't grab it all at one time. Visually, I'm seeing a staircase, like one step at a time. Yes, yes. So for me, it's a ladder. Um, That's kind of, you'll see that on my social media a lot. I kind of think about a ladder and I think about a ladder and the prongs of a ladder. I saw this graphic earlier this morning, actually. 
there were, there were two ladders and one, the prongs that you pull up on were spaced out like really wide. And the other, they were um, closer together. So which one would be easier to climb? Mm -hmm. The one that's closer together, those small steps towards where you want to be. I love this. Yeah. Our styles are very similar in terms of how we lead because I have a mastermind of teacher leaders and we get together and we hash out all the problems. And one comment that most of the members say about me is, you always hold me accountable, but you help me with actionable steps. And that's exactly what you do is you're helping them take action. It's great to goal set and it's great to talk about and vent and whatever, but like, what are we going to do? What does this look like Monday morning at 8 a.m.? What is one thing? And that really helps, and you were talking about this momentum so that otherwise you're just stuck. Yep, that's so true. You're stuck, you're overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. I mean, where do you go to do your learning? Do you have a mentor (laughs) or do you participate in conferences or like what, where do you go to get your learn on? Well, learning is my hobby for (laughs) sure. And so where do I go? anyone who can teach me something new. And so that might be through webinars, that may be through virtual conferences. Um, It may be on social media, like um, I'm learning so much right now from Jen Jones. Oh, I love Jen, yeah. Yeah, and Meredith from Creativity to the Core. Um, And then the other place that I learn a lot, uh, Gretchen, I have a 45 minute commute. I live out in the countryside. Yeah, on our farm, and um, so I drive 45 minutes one way each day, and so car college pretty much happens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Monday through Friday. You know, some Friday mornings I do listen to music, kind of get in that great vibe. It's Friday, but I just listen to so many podcasts, um, so many podcasts. The difficult part is you can't take notes when you're driving. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but, yeah, I just listen and learn constantly. Um, yeah. Now in terms of literacy, do you participate or are you part of a group that tells you, you know, here's the latest that's going on in your field? Well, I learn a lot and collaborate a lot with the literacy coaches within our district. And so I learn so much from them. They inspire me constantly when they learn, they share a piece of knowledge. I'm like, Oh yes, I need to learn more about that. Teach me. (laughs) Um, and so they really help me stay on top of what's, um, you know, what's hot and what's, you know, what's trending right now in education. I love that. Um, do you have a current project that you're working on or any way that you're giving back to teachers right now that we could tell our listeners? Well, so I have two projects. Um, The first project is more what's happening within my district. So it's actually starting Monday morning. That's why it's so fresh on my mind. I'm starting a coaching cycle where I am coaching side by side with our special ed specialist for the district. And we're working with three special ed teachers. We're starting a students in our coaching cycle. And what's interesting is it's a coaching cycle around phonological awareness with third, fourth, and fifth graders. That's so pretty amazing. Excited. Yes. Pretty excited about starting those coaching cycles. Um, we're doing some pre-assessment work on Monday morning. And then in addition to that, in January, I'm going to be starting something through my social media that I'm calling Sunday School. Um, and so Sunday School is going to be kind of like a little mini webinar 
um, you know, several Sundays in a row on um, components of balanced literacy. So that's, you know, that's definitely something I would love all of you guys to, you know, find me on social media and take advantage of that as well. That is so great. Yes, we will link everything up that you're mentioning in the show notes so folks can find you. And I love these ideas, a way of you're giving back. But what I hear you saying in both opportunities is you're partnering with folks to sit and and work through this. And as you said, level up. I'm just loving that tagline, level up. Yes. Yeah, I've heard you use that before, and I thought, oh my gosh, look at our paths crossing. I know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's funny how that happens, and when you go back and really go through your history, you're like, man, we really are on the same page (laughs) without ever knowing it. (laughs) Tell us a quick story about being in the classroom. I I like to embarrass my folks. I hope you don't mind, but (laughs) I think it's important because... This is something that someone could hear and beg, borrow, and steal, as I say. So tell us about your best all-star teacher moment. So could this all-star teacher moment be working with a teacher? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. My all-star teacher moment. I worked with a teacher who, in the beginning, our relationship was really shaky. Um, She had really not worked with a coach before, um, and you know, sometimes that's kind of scary because if you don't have a relationship with your your leader or your coach, you're not sure what role they're going to play. Are they going to play that evaluator role? Are they going to play teacher side-by-side role? Mm -hmm. And so our relationship started off really, really rocky and we worked together for a couple of years. So that's important to note teacher leaders. It does take time. We worked together for a couple of years and then she really wanted to dig into reading conferences. And I said, okay, I'm in the model that I was working um, through this coaching cycle. It was really like, I'm going to come in and you watch me, you know, and then after you watch me for a time or two, I want you to, we'll partner up. So we'll kind of share the conference together and we'll tag team back and forth. And so we did that and it went really well. And then she emailed me and she's like, I want, could you come by my room? So-and-so time, I think it was a Tuesday. Can you come by um, and guide me in a conference? And I was thinking, okay, this is wonderful. So I go in and I'm expecting us to like tag team it again. And I'm getting ready. And she said, no, I want you to sit right beside me. And this is, this is just all star. She said, I want you to sit right beside me. I'm going to do the conference, but I need for you to whisper into me Mm. and give me guidance. Oh my gosh. Like the way that she opened up and she wanted that authentic, real coaching. Yeah. Live coaching. It was just Mm -hmm. live coaching, immediate feedback. Um, And it wasn't fluffy. It was, she wanted me to say, you said this, try this Mm -hmm. or do this this way, but she wanted to do it. And so transitioning from watching me to now I want to do it on my own with your support, to me, that's just an all-star coaching moment. Absolutely. And actually, that's how I was trained. And I realized very quickly, many other coaches were not trained live coaching, like holding up note cards, using whiteboards, whispering. And so when I would come into schools and they're kind of like, whoa, you're doing this live in front of kids. I'm like, well, yes. Yeah, if you think about it, like in a in a game, a coach is shouting to the right or softer touch or whatever it might be that whatever yes. game you're playing, and you can adjust in the moment because if I tell you all this ahead of time, 
great. You're going to yeah. take a little bit mm -hmm. of it and, and do your best. But if I can adjust you just slightly in the moment, it gets you on the right path. And, and so once they made that connection, they were like all about it. And for me as a teacher, I was like, please, someone come in and do this for me because this is the best way to get better faster. Yeah. And what did you want to see as a teacher, Gretchen? You wanted to see this person working with your students. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Know, showing you how to do this with your own students, with the challenges that you face in your classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to hear anyone present and say, try this and try this. But as a teacher, we all know we're thinking, but will that work with my students? Will that work with my classroom? So I always want to be the teacher leader that I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and go and work with your kids. And um, sometimes when I'm working in schools, um, you know, we'll be walking down the hallway and a teacher may say, okay, what students do you want me to pull? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Whichever students you want to pull, go ahead. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm here for your students and even if you work, if I, you want me to work with your tricky students, that's okay. I'm, you know, I'm here. I want it. I want the real experience. I just love you so much, Lori. <laughs> You're just well, a, well, a wonderful you. human. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I do want to be respectful of your time, but before I let you go, I just want to ask you something that I think is important for everyone to remember. We don't have to have seasons of learning that lead to burnout. We can learn a little bit along the way. And so if you find yourself in a season where you're just not, it's just not going well, kind of like right now, how do you reignite that passion and that potential that you've always had as an educator? Yeah. So my sister, um, her name is Amber. She is a second year teacher. But let's be honest, let's just say she's a first year teacher again, mm -hmm. because, you know, her year was cut short. And so she's really what um, reignites my passion for working with teachers and sharing information with teachers. You know, sometimes it's really hard for me to think like, I'm not sure what I want to share. Um, so all teachers know this information. But when I talk with Amber, I just like, she's just such a sponge and she's just, um, she wants to hear what I have to say and my ideas. And I love when she validates, like, I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that with me. And so she really, um, I would hope that she would say it's a great opportunity when, and so sometimes she's stuck in the car with me. <laughs> <laughs> and so she has nowhere to go, but to just listen and talk. But I, I think that's really what reignites my passion for working with teachers. I love it. And and it's that's a personal connection. So you're really invested in that relationship and in her success too. Right, right. Yes. Well, yes. on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you so much for your time this morning. Can you tell us again how to connect with you? Your email or social media handles would be great. Sure. So my email is Dr. Lori Poole, and that's L-O-R-I-P-O-O-L-E. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at Level Up Literacy. I'm also on Twitter at Level Up Literacy. I'm working on the Facebook page. And I hope um, in the next couple of weeks, my uh, website, Level Up Literacy, will be ready for everyone to start reading some of those blog posts. Awesome. We'll link that website in the show notes because, as we know, podcasts live on forever. So by the time they get to it, I bet you it'll be up and ready. 
Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Lori. This was a great conversation on literacy and on leadership, on basically adjusting to how this crazy year has been, but not just COVID, just anytime we have obstacles, how we can just take it one step at a time. That's right. That's right. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Wow, y'all, don't you just love Lori? I mean, she is so personable, but her mission is so impactful. The way she truly believes in great educators, she supports and partners alongside them. And she's just that voice of reason and positivity to encourage you to try new things and to do what's best for kids. And if you're a teacher, to do what's best with your colleagues. And if you're a leader, to do what's best for the school. It is just a a fabulous message and mentorship that she provides. So I'm so glad Lori was able to get on the show today. Lori, if you're listening, thank you so much. I so appreciate you being an elite educator. Y'all make sure you check out the show notes for all the details and anything she mentioned in this episode. It is there. You'll just go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, and find this episode. I highly encourage you to reach out to Lori. She will answer any question that you have. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Lori Poole. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>